I think we can all agree that learning is more fun when you do it with friends, right? So if one of your summer goals is to learn more about the science of reading and how to incorporate it into your classroom, then let me invite you to join our free summer book study. During the month of June, we are gonna be hosting a free book study for teachers just like you, where we are gonna work our way through the book, Shifting the Balance, Six Ways to Bring the Science of Reading into Your Upper Elementary Classroom. And we'd love to have you join us. We're gonna read one chapter a week and inside our book study Facebook group, you're gonna get to participate in things like our weekly Facebook Live, discussion posts, you're gonna get some really awesome freebies and the chance to win some stellar prizes. All of this is going to help you align your instruction with the science of reading next year. It's gonna be fun. And even if you don't think you'll have time to read every single chapter, still consider joining. You're gonna get a lot out of the group even if you don't have time to read the entire text. So I hope to see you this summer where we can all learn alongside each other. You can sign up at stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. That's all one word, stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. And I'll see you inside our group. Hey friends, it's Sarah, host of the Stellar Teacher Podcast. And this is our fourth and final episode of our Best Year Ever series. Now, if you're a new listener and have missed the three previous episodes, you can find the replays on our website, stellarteacher.com. But today, you are in for a real treat with this final episode. I got to interview Amber Harper from The Burned In Teacher, and we discussed all things connected to teacher burnout. Amber is absolutely the sweetest, and I so appreciated this open and honest conversation we had about some of the challenges that exist with teaching in this post-pandemic era. Now, Amber is an expert in the area of teacher burnout. She is the author of the book, Hacking Teacher Burnout, and she is also the voice behind the podcast, The Burned In Teacher, and she has even created a mastermind with the same name to help support teachers experiencing teacher burnout. And one of the things that I loved about this interview is hearing Amber talk about how we need to think beyond some of the quick fixes that are often offered to teachers as solution for burnout, and instead really think about how we are setting ourselves up for long-term and future success, not only in our career, but in our personal lives. Amber brings such a fresh and unique perspective to overcoming burnout, and if at any point in your career, or even this school year, or even since returning to school in January, you have experienced burnout, you are going to love some of the suggestions that Amber shares with how we can not only overcome burnout, but more importantly, feel empowered to tackle any challenge we may face in our career or life in general. Now, at the end of the episode, make sure you head over to stellarteacher.com to check out the show notes, and you'll be able to find ways that you can connect with Amber through all of the links mentioned in this podcast episode. So I hope you enjoy this interview. Let's go head over and listen to what Amber has to share. Teaching literacy is tough. But with the right tools, you can be not only good, but great. Amazing. I'm talking off the charts impactful. Hey, I'm Sarah Marie, a literacy specialist with over a decade of experience working as a classroom teacher and school administrator. Tune in each week to this podcast to hear no fluff lesson ideas and strategies that will help you feel confident in your abilities to truly grow your students as readers. Are you ready? Let's dig in. Amber, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. 
I am so excited to share just you and your knowledge and experience with hacking teacher burnout with my audience. But in case my audience does not know you, can you go ahead and just introduce yourself, share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Absolutely. I am from Northeast Indiana. I teach kindergarten and I have taught for 13 years. So this is my 13th year of teaching. I've taught grades one, two, three, and five, and now kindergarten, not in that order. So it's just been a, it's been a real journey uh, to get where I am right now. I'm married to an elementary school principal. We are in the same district and we have two beautiful girls, one who is 20 and in college and one who is 13 and in eighth grade. And yeah, we're just living, living the education dream together. I love that. My mom was in education and I feel like education just sort of like runs in the family or people tend to like gravitate towards other educators. I'm curious, have you and your husband ever worked in the same building together? Oh, yes. We have a, we could do an entire podcast episode all about Jeff and I's journey in education together. So we actually taught together in the same building for almost eight years. And before that, I mean, we were high school sweethearts. So we have been in school and we went to the same college together. So we have been, we have really grown up together in school. So he taught fourth grade when I taught first, second, and third in the same building. I actually had our, our oldest daughter as a second grader. And uh, then he left, he got his administration license. So he became an assistant principal at a different district. So basically we kind of joke that we follow each other all over the County that we used to live in where we now teach because we've taught in many different districts in that County that we, that we teach in. So it's been, it's been really interesting. It's been fun. That's awesome. I love that education just has sort of like been a part of your relationship, even since high school, it sounds like. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yeah. We had the same professors in college and we've worked under the same administration. Now we work in the same district. So it's really nice. It's really nice to be on the same schedule and to know who we're talking about. And it's, it's really fun. That's awesome. Well, okay. With 13 years of teaching experience, I feel like you could probably speak to my audience on a lot of topics, but I would love for you to talk specifically and kind of where our conversation will go today is about this idea of teacher burnout. And I randomly found or discovered Amber on Amazon as I was searching for some books on experiencing and overcoming burnout. And I saw the title Hacking Teacher Burnout. And I was like, this looks like an intriguing book. It's a book that I wish that I would have had when I was in the classroom. So tell me a little bit just about teacher burnout, your experience with it, and kind of how it led you to write a book about it. So teacher burnout is something that is really close to my heart because it is something that I have dealt with many, many times in my 13-year career. I actually dealt with burnout my very first year of teaching and several times then after that, but for many different reasons. And I think that's something that's really difficult about navigating your way through and out of burnout because it can come in different seasons and for different reasons many times throughout your career. So the first time I experienced burnout was because of a negative work culture that I was in. Another time I burned out because of lack of balance. Another time I burned out because of high expectations and lack of connection with my administration. And what it came down to and what teacher burnout ultimately is, is it's no different than any other type of burnout. We just call it teacher burnout because we know the specifics of why we are experiencing it. It comes with whenever you feel like your amount of effort is not matching the reward that you get back, whether that be an amount of energy that you are putting into a job or time or heart or passion, that that is not reciprocated in many different ways. So that's where that cynicism, negativity, lack of productivity comes from, because you start to wonder, what's the point? I'm I'm on this hamster wheel. I'm going to have to do all of this again, 
or nobody even notices whenever I put all of this work in, whether it be administration, another teacher, your students, when we're working with students that you know have apathy or don't show up or just aren't respectful of, of the work that we put into it, that can burn you out. When you're consistently working on nights, weekends, and through your students or your children's practices, or you're just exhausted working all hours of the day and evening, that can burn you out. I've experienced all of those things. And the really sad and tragic part of burnout, and I know this is true for probably a lot of your listeners who have experienced it, is that there's this amount of isolation that kind of comes with it because there is such a negative connotation around this idea of burnout. And some people are not afraid to talk about it and they talk about it maybe a little too much and they become negative because they don't really do anything about it. It becomes these venting sessions. And other people, they don't want to talk about it because they don't want to be negative or they do talk about it and they're met with toxic positivity or they're met with that you know, self-care, take care of yourself kind of talk. So it just, became, again, you kind of spin your wheels and you're either talking about it or not talking about it and it doesn't go away. And that was me. I had a very embarrassing emotional breakdown in front of my colleagues in 2014. And that was kind of, I would say my rock bottom. I was going through burnout again. I was talking about it a lot and I was being met with what I thought was support, which was my colleagues who I loved very much. They were good friends of mine, just throwing more logs on my fire of burnout, just really saying, oh yeah, well, you won't believe what happened this. Okay. This happened yesterday. Or, oh my gosh, I just had this meeting. It just kept it made it perpetually worse. And so I wasn't getting what I needed in terms of support. I thought this was just the way it is. (laughs) This is where my career ends. Well, then it was like, well, what do I do? I'm just a teacher. And you know, I, I loved teaching though, and I was really good at it. I feel like I'm a very good teacher. So why am I so miserable? And why can't I just look past all these challenges? And so I had, and I, I like many of your listeners as well, many teachers out there, I was a high achiever. Mm-hmm. I, I want to do a good job and I want to be recognized for it. And I want my kids to have fun with me and love me. And I want to make those connections. So it was this pendulum that just swung this emotional roller coaster of just extreme highs and extreme lows in my career. And it was exhausting. And I didn't really know who I was anymore. So it finally came to a head. I had this really embarrassing breakdown that really sort of paved the way. I really believe, and I've said that that's where Burned In Teacher began because that was my rock bottom. And that's where I said to myself, I can't wait for someone else to come and save me. I have to figure this out for myself. So that's where a lot of the Google searching came. And I started to really look for what can I do that can help me to move through this because I don't want to stay here. I can't live like this. And that's where I dove into the the self help, <laughs> uh, personal <laughs> development world, and it's an amazing it's an amazing story. From there, I had my ups and downs for sure. Still made a lot of mistakes, but I just realized that running, drinking enough water, those things are good for your overall health. It's not the internal that really hard work that I needed to do on myself to realize what I truly wanted and how I was going to get there. Yeah. I mean, so much of what you just said it resonates with me. And I think so many teachers, you know, I think so often burnout is like, well, you just need to take a break from work. Like don't take work home, stop working over the weekends. But I love how you said it's like having almost this unmet expectation, you know, whether you're putting in more hours and not getting what you wanted out of the return, or you're not getting the appreciation and how it looks different. And I think like no amount of, you know, coffee on Fridays, not working on the weekends can basically provide what it is that teachers need if they are experiencing that burnout. So 
I love that you are providing just this clear definition for teachers that burnout is more than being exhausted. It's more than overworking. Like you said, coffee on Fridays with your friends. Like, there you go. So in those cases, whenever you are told to take care of yourself, and I'm using air quotes here, I know you can't see me when you're listening, but that is such a band-aid on such a big gaping hole of issues that are so much deeper and so much more personal. And I think that is where I really had a hard time because I was when I was doing the work to Google and, and searching for some answers for how I could truly, what I called beat burnout, I was met with a lot of one size fits all, you know, set a timer and leave at a certain time every day or take your email off of your phone or make sure you're eating snacks throughout the day or, you know, take a day off. And that's all good. Those are all great things, you know, ways that we can pamper ourselves and spoil ourselves a little bit and even create some boundaries. But what I was struggling with was the long-term effects of, of this burnout and how I could set future Amber up for success. Because you know, there's nothing wrong with putting in a few hours after school, even out of your contract time, if that is something that is you're investing your time in yourself to make things easier for the next day or the next week or the next month. Right. If you're getting the return that you're sort of talked about. Absolutely. But it takes you stepping back and gaining clarity. And that is a huge piece of the beginning of this burned-in process that I lay out in hacking teacher burnout is that this is what I was experiencing is I was almost like like a fly that was like pounding itself up against a window pane. Like I could see, right? I could see ahead of me. It's right there. But there was something between what I wanted or what I thought I wanted and where I was. And I just thought if I just keep working harder, if I just keep going, if I just keep pounding myself against this glass, I'll get through it. Well, we all, all know that that's not true. And it takes us stopping because we're not flies. We are intelligent human beings to stop and to back up and think about, okay, is this the direction that I want to keep going? Do I just want to keep trying the same thing over and over again? Or do I just, should I fly over through this door that's wide open right over here? And that door doesn't necessarily mean leaving teaching. Mm -hmm. It means leaving that foggy, clouded mindset where we tell ourselves, if I just work harder, it's going to get better. And while that's true to a certain point, there are many scenarios where it's not true. And, and that's what I help teachers to do is to gain that clarity first. What do you even want? Do you want to love teaching second grade again? Or do you, in fact, want to leave the classroom and, and become an instructional coach or an administrator or a guidance counselor? Do you need to leave this district? Maybe it's a toxic building or a toxic grade level. What do you, what do you want? Because a lot of times when I first ask teachers that, they're like, Amber, I don't even know. I don't even know what I would do with more time if I had it. I don't even know. I don't even know who I am or what I like anymore. And what a sad, sad state to be in, in this one life. And that, that's where I was. And that's where I was like, this isn't good enough. This is not what I need. So I decided to create it myself. <laughs> okay. You had just mentioned this idea of being a burned in teacher. Can you explain what does it mean to be burned in? Absolutely. So there are a couple of really important pieces of this. Number one, knowing that a burned in teacher is actually stage five of my success path for teachers. So for any teachers that are out here listening to this and you're like rolling your eyes, crossing your arms, and you're like, yeah, this sounds ridiculous. You might be at a stage zero or one of burnout. So a burn-in teacher is on the opposite end of that spectrum. And they are teachers who are empowered to know what they want and the goals that they have set and how they are going to reach those goals, both personally and professionally. So burned in is actually an eight-step process that I created back in 2016. And if you'd like, I can quickly tell you those eight steps. 
Yeah, go for it. Okay, cool. So B stands for begin where you are. So it's really looking at where you are in your situation and how you got there. U is understand your teacher brand. So this is all about building self-awareness, both internally and externally about who you are and who you want to be. R is reflect on your challenges. So this is really looking at all of these things that you might find yourself complaining about or thinking about negatively and whether or not you can control them, because I know that I'm working in a profession full of type A perfectionist control freaks. So this is really thinking about what can I control within reason and what is my next best step. N is nurture your strengths and habits. So this is really thinking about, are you building habits in your life that are really helping you to bring out the best in you and who you are? So this is a lot of really digging deep into your personality type and thinking about how you're nurturing yourself. E is extend your reach and possibilities. So this is about if you do have a deep-seated challenge that is really weighing on you, this is about going out and getting the professional development that you need, not waiting for your school to give it to you, but going out and searching YouTube, searching Google, finding books, finding podcasts that will help you to extend your reach and also finding people that can help you to move forward through these challenges. And of course, extending your reach and figuring out what you enjoy doing and bringing more joy into your life. D is determining your long-term goal. So this is big. This is you know thinking... Three months, three weeks, three days into your future, what do you want to see happen? What change do you want to see happen in your personal and professional life? I is initiate lasting change. So this is getting it on the calendar. This is getting it on a planner. This is working backwards, you know, understanding by design. So this is about saying, okay, if I want to get to X, what is it that I need to do backing up from there to bring me to this thing that I want in my life, no matter what it is? And then finally, N is never settle. So this is saying, I choose not to settle for a burned out life as my reality. It might be just the way it is for other people, but that is not what I choose for myself. So that is that that eight-step process in a nutshell. I love that because this goes so much deeper than taking time off over the weekends, you know, or going to get a massage or getting your nails done. Like this to me sounds like the real work that, you know, when teachers do this, I can see how it's not only going to help them in their careers professionally, but also personally. And I'm just, I'm excited to kind of like dig into some of these stages with you and some of the things that teachers can do to get to hopefully that last phase of the burnout process where they're never going to settle. Yeah, let's do it. So I have a couple of questions for you. And I know you've got a lot of great tips and I read your book and I, I loved just so much of like your approach to solving or, you know, correcting burnout, if you will. I know this year I see it in the teachers in my audience. I see it on Instagram. I he just anytime I'm connecting with a teacher, I think this year, more than any other year, teachers are experiencing burnout, you know, and maybe teachers who have never experienced it before for the first time, they are realizing, like, wait a minute, this career that I love that I joined because I wanted to make a difference and I wanted to be fulfilled and I wanted, you know, to help students. I'm not getting the satisfaction that I once did out of it. And I think so many teachers are wanting to leave even in the middle of the year. And so is burnout really something that can be prevented, avoided, cured? Should teachers basically keep listening to this episode and figure out how to prevent it? Because I think so many teachers feel just this heaviness this year, kind of like it does not matter you know, how many days I take off. It does not matter how much, you know, how much work I put into it. I feel like I'm stuck. So what do you say to the teacher who feels like they're stuck? (laughs) Yeah. And I think that you hit the nail on the head there because you could take as many mental health days as you need, but if you're using those mental health days to solely rest, which is great, we need rest, right? But if we're not taking that time, whether it be on the weekend or a mental health day or in the evening, 
having constructive, proactive conversations or Google searching or finding support in the specific area that we need that support in. Because not everybody is struggling with balance. There are some people that are, they run their day in their classroom like a well-oiled machine. They've got systems and routines and strategies that they know exactly what's coming up the next day, the next week, the next month. They're very good with balance and they leave at a decent time. However, they may work in a really toxic culture or maybe they have become toxic. You know, maybe they are talking to themselves with, with a negative, they have a negative mindset and negative self-talk. Or vice versa, maybe you have somebody who loves teaching and they love pouring their heart and soul into it, and they work with a beautiful, wonderful team of humans, but they are working 70 hours a week and they're exhausted. And that's why through Hacking Teacher Burnout and through what I do with the Mastermind in the podcast is that I talk about all of these things because it is a very personal journey. It is absolutely avoidable if you know exactly what it is that you should do to avoid it, because it is very, very specific to what you need or don't want in your life. So for example, if you are realizing that throughout this school year, that there is more and more and more that seems to be added to our plates, and if nobody is taking it off, then it is your job to step back and take things off yourself. But that feels so hard for teachers. I mean, as you say that, I think about myself in the classroom, like, I feel like I could never do that. I would be like, just come on, I'll take it. Give me more, whatever I need to do. And then, you know, (laughs) complain about it behind the scenes. So it's like, it sounds good, but like in practice, how do teachers actually do that? Yeah, that's a really good question. So first of all, I want to speak to all of you who are now rolling your eyes, crossing your arms across (laughs) your chest. And just like Sarah just did, I did all of those things. I was like, okay, come on. (laughs) Yes. So people who are in that stage, okay, that is what I consider a stage zero or one of burnout. Okay. Stage zero of burnout is where you're like, nothing will work ever. Mm. This is a waste of my time. This girl is crazy. This, I know this can't possibly work. So I'm, I'm turning her off. Like they've already shut off this episode. Okay. It's okay. Stage one is where you're like, you cock your head a little bit and you're like, I don't know about this, but I'm going to, I'll listen, but I'm pretty cynical. Like this probably, this is probably BS and it's not going to work. So in those cases, it's totally okay. That is the stage that you're in. There are four more stages. Okay. So this is part of the journey already. If you're sticking around, you're listening and you're leaning in, that means that you're ready to do this challenging work that is getting out of burnout. So for example, If you are feeling like there's more and more and more added to your plate, a lot of times this simple step will help in a way that you can't even imagine. Get out a piece of paper and write down every single thing that comes to mind that is on your plate. I mean, heck, draw a plate, okay? Write all of these things on that plate. And this is kind of going a little deeper into the burned in process, but we're talking about prioritization here. And in the act of prioritization, we are saying, okay, what do I have to do? Mm-hmm. And I am not talking about your own personal perfectionist expectations of yourself. I'm talking what has to be done by me or my administration is going to walk in and they're going to ask questions. As you're just saying this, I'm like, okay, I was always that teacher who I knew all of the things I had to do. And those would be the last things I did. I always did the like, let me make a new bulletin board. Let me like spend all this time, you know, making a cute PowerPoint display or 
coming up with a new like center rotation versus like, let me do my lesson plans. Let me respond to parent emails because those things weren't fulfilling. Those aren't the fun things, right? They're not the fun things. And I'm telling you what, I'm, I'm actually recording with you here. I'm in my classroom and I'm looking around and I am on Instagram. Not, I want to, I want to say a lot, but that is my, my main form of social media that I prefer being on. And I look at classes in these Instagram, these beautiful Instagram classrooms. And I'm thinking that's really pretty, but that is not my highest priority. My highest priority is being planned for my week ahead. It's making sure that I am getting those things done that my administration is is asking me about and holding me accountable for. And if I get a chance to decorate my room and maybe make it prettier another year, then fine. But I'm telling you what, my kids and I have a great time in the room. And I don't, I don't remember what my kindergarten classroom looked like. I just remember my teacher, Miss, Mrs. Osterland, being the sweetest, the happiest teacher that I ever had. And that's what I want to be for my kids. And I leave typically every day at my contract time. I come a little early in the morning and it's because I have my priorities in check. Mm-hmm. Am I perfect? Do I sometimes get caught in a rabbit hole? Absolutely. But it doesn't happen very often. And it's typically whenever I feel like I'm planned days ahead and I have already set myself up for success. So I have a little bit of wiggle room. I could easily be spending hours a day, you know, on teachers pay teachers looking for these beautiful, amazing Pinterest worthy lessons, but I don't, I don't know if it would help my kids. I don't know if it would help them help them do better than if we sang a song together and we talked about things that we were learning together. So that is one very tiny example, but we have more control than we ever think that we do, especially if we've never taken the time to do what I said earlier, which is back up which is what I'm saying about writing these things down. And especially in a profession of women who have spaghetti brains, everything is all <laughs> mushed and crumpled together inside of our brains. And anytime that we we get to a point where it becomes you know too much, we go into fight or flight mode. Like we go into panic mode and crisis mode. And I guarantee you, if you actually start to write things down and even think about, okay, if these are truly the things I have to do, what has to be done first? Okay. Are my plans done for tomorrow? No. Okay. That, that is number one that has to be done and it just has to be good enough. Yeah. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just, guys, I'm a good enough teacher and I'm doing fine and my kids are doing great. And I can't push that, that point home enough that good enough is okay. How do teachers, and I, again, I'm like thinking through myself back when I was in the classroom and, you know, I can see how, especially just like you said it's simple, but yeah, it's like, okay, if you know the the things that absolutely has to get done, it's like the must do, may do. It's like, we give our kids the same type of thing. Here's what you must do. Here's what you may do. And so teachers basically need to make their own must do, may do list. But how do we then, or maybe you have any suggestions for when the must do list is not fulfilling, like the must do list is, is stressful. It's daunting. It's not the things that teachers want. And I, you know, I think there's temptation when we are feeling burnt out, like, let me do the things that I find joy in doing. So how do you like, how do you encourage teachers to be like, okay, you know, just get the stuff done on your must-do list and it's going to help. Okay. So I want to talk just to Sarah here right now, because we are both teachers who were in the classroom for quite a long time. And then we were out of the classroom for a while. And I ran burned in teacher on my own for three years out of the classroom. I left in 2018. I came back this year because I missed it. And Everybody out there, I left teaching twice and returned twice. <laughs> so, I feel like if anything, that's like hope for teachers who are thinking like maybe <laughs> I need to leave or I have left. Like absolutely, I love that. 
And I did not leave in 2018 because of burnout. I left because running burn in teacher and I was creating a lot of content and it was very daunting. I was being asked to lead workshops and things for, I was doing Google training as well, which is something that I just, I just don't do anymore. And it's not needed because of the pandemic. Lots of teachers have learned Google by necessity. Anyway, I digress, but I came back because I missed it. And I can tell you as somebody who left the classroom to run her own business and to be able to do whatever the heck I wanted, whenever I wanted work is work. Yeah, There are a lot of things in every profession that suck yep. and that are not <laughs> fun. Okay. I, I hate, I, I'm not a numbers person. Anytime taxes roll around or anything, anytime I have to do something with numbers, I freak out and I, I just avoid it. I have all of the avoidance. Okay. I can see that that is very similar to things that I have to do now that I don't want to do. You avoid them. And of course, there are things that we don't want to do, but there are things that lawyers don't want to do and things that bankers don't want to do and things that people that you know work in McDonald's or all of these, all, all jobs have things that you don't want to do. And I'm not trying to minimize the suck that comes along with being a classroom teacher, but you know, there are things also that I watch my husband do and my principal here at school do that I would never want to do. Yep. But there are also really great things about it too, that it makes it worth the sucky things that we have to do that aren't fun or that aren't the reason we became a teacher. And I think that it's it's one of those things where we have to, you know, eat the frog. You know, that is why those things, if you know you have to do them and they are things that you in fact have to do, get those things done first so that you can work on the things that you enjoy most. Because here's the thing, if you enjoy making those beautiful bulletin boards... Is that the thing that is making the biggest impact on student achievement? Is that the thing that's helping you build relationships with your kids? You know, so really, it's really about rethinking and reframing some of these things that are not enjoyable. And if your plate is very full of things that you have to do and these expectations are very high, then the best form of self-care you can possibly make is by doing something scary. And that is sitting down for a good old conversation with your administration or your team and not to complain and not to gush about how impossible this is, but to say, I have all of these things. I've been really making a list over the last few days, and I'm really struggling to understand how I can possibly get all of these things done. So I want to make sure that I understand. So we're, we're doing good old Stephen Covey here, the seven habits. Can you help me understand if I am understanding that all of these things need to be done by me, by these times, so that we're on the same page here? It's just being transparent. It's just you saying, I'm seeking to understand. I'm not mad. I'm not freaking out. I just want to make sure that I'm focusing my attention on the right things. So I used to be an assistant principal before I left. And actually, that's one of the reasons why I left is because I got burnt out by just the sort of, you know, the, the paperwork and the to-do list. And I was like, wait a minute, as an assistant principal, I'm doing way more sort of behind the scenes compliance stuff and less work with teachers and students, which is where my passion is. But I, I loved the experience and having sort of like that admin brain, I feel like just has helped me thinking about, you know, how can I better support teachers? And when a teacher would come to me and saying like, I can't do something, I would, you know, be like, okay, why can't you do something? Is it because you don't want to, you know? But if a teacher came to me saying, I've been thinking through this, here's my list. I'm trying to like understand. Then it's like, okay, let's work together and collaborate. So, you know, from an admin perspective, like if a teacher came to me and is genuinely like, I 
I'm trying to do all of these things. I want what's best for my kids. I just don't know how it all fits into my schedule. Then it's like, okay, we can problem solve. We can troubleshoot. I love that idea from the admin side of things, because like you said, you're being proactive. You're trying to like, you know, and that is a very, I think, difficult thing for teachers to still do to go to their admin and possibly say no, or possibly say like, you know, this doesn't work with the way things currently are set up. But I'm hoping and praying that there's supportive admin out there that will at least work with teachers through that. Because I think when a teacher, you know, says like, okay, I'm coming forward here. I want to do what's best, but I just don't know how it all fits. Where there's a couple of things I want to pull out of what you just said. So number one, if you became an assistant principal and realized that with that role, which I know this to be true because my husband was an assistant principal before he was a principal. And there is a lot of that behind the scenes disciplinary work that goes along with being an assistant principal or a dean. And when you're in that role, you are learning a lot about what that role looks like, unless you're listening to this and you're like, oh, that doesn't sound like fun at all. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but some people love it. Yes. Some people love it. And it is for them. Okay. So in that case, it's not that you have to quit education. It's that you can find a role that is better suited to your passions in association with education. So that's what I tell teachers that like, if I was miserable teaching kindergarten, that doesn't mean that that has to be my story of teaching second grade or fifth grade, but it takes me becoming self-aware and thinking about what do I like? What do I not like? Is this going to be the same in a different grade level? Or is this because of my grade level? You know, it's just really digging deep into the why of why you're feeling this way. And the other thing that you, that you mentioned too, is, you know, talking to your administrator might seem scary. But this is the difference between building a wall between the two of you and building a bridge. Mm. And that is huge. And when an administrator or a teacher for that matter, when you can come together as human beings that are just asking for help because you're struggling a little bit, it humanizes the profession, which has become very dehumanized over many, many years. As we know, this is where we can begin to become the change that we need so badly by doing the scary self-care of saying, help. I I need your help. I need your support. And if those principals and if those administrators are not willing to support you and they either brush you to the side or or say, this is it, you do all of these things and I'm not going to offer you any solutions or they offer you toxic positivity instead, maybe that isn't the building for you. But that doesn't mean necessarily then that education isn't for you. I love just sort of that frame of reference. It's not just because our current situation doesn't work for us doesn't mean that like the entire profession doesn't work. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is where this is where some people make the decision to stay where they are and do this work even if they're miserable, even if they're spinning their wheels, even if they have bad relationships with the people that they work with or for, rather than doing something about it because it's almost easier. It's almost you almost feel safer just sitting in that suck. Because this this whole burned in process, it forces you to do things that are extremely difficult and even scary at sometimes in your career and in your personal life. This isn't just about school. This is about your personal life as well. Even before I I started burned in teacher, I was I was having some personal struggles. I have a wonderful family, very supportive husband, and two very healthy daughters. A lot to be grateful for. But there were things for me personally that were that were very unsettling and weren't making me happy. One of them was even where we were living. It, it was in a community, a community that that we loved that we grew up in, but it just wasn't for us. We had outgrown it, but we had told ourselves the story that, well, this is where we this is where we raised our girls. You know, Hannah is 12. And can we really, could we really move 45 minutes away? Could we do that? Well, heck yes, you can. People have flown to the moon. Like, 
you can do anything that you really truly want to do. And, and this applies to school and it applies to your personal life because as much as we would like to say, we're going to just build this wall between our personal and professional life, that that's malarkey. You, you can't do that. If you're miserable personally, you're going to bring that into your, into your classroom. If you're miserable in your classroom, you're going to bring that into your personal life. So it, it, this whole idea of hacking teacher burnout is really helping you to discover who you are, what you want, both personally and professionally. Hey, teachers, I'm interrupting this episode with some exciting news. Guess what? I've opened the doors for the Stellar Teacher Reading Membership for all of January 2022. The Stellar Teacher Reading Membership is a growing resource library that will give you the no prep lessons, tools, and support you need so that you can get back to putting your energy into what you're actually meant to do, teaching. It is literally a one-stop shop created for reading teachers just like you. And you want to know the best part? We are adding new resources every single month. So if you want to start the new year off with less planning, less prepping, and more support, head to stellarteacher.com slash membership to learn more. I can't wait for you to join us. And until then, have a stellar January. You said so many great things. I feel like that one little tip that you started with has turned turned into a a, a lot of other tips. It does. It snowballs. And I I feel like I'm getting like personal coaching right now as you're like (laughs) talking through some of these things. One of the biggest tips that I can give you and your listeners, besides starting to talk to your administrator, asking for help if you need it, is really looking closely at who you spend the most time with. You are the average of the five people you hang around with the most. And I think that sometimes, you know, we don't choose our family. We also don't typically get to choose who our teaching partners are, but we do get to choose who we intentionally bring into our lives to support us through these challenges when they happen or to help us to celebrate wins when we're doing things that are different and and that are hard for us when we begin to have breakthroughs and when we begin to see results. There are two ends of the spectrum of isolation when it comes to burnout. We have the spectrum where you are at the stage zero, where you are completely burned out. You don't want to talk about it. You don't want to talk to anybody. You don't like anybody and nobody likes you or nobody's going to understand anyway, or I don't want to be negative. So you have that isolation where you don't talk about it. There's the other end of the spectrum where you are feeling so good and so empowered and you've made so many changes that people have noticed these changes in you. But they're changes that are very different from the way everybody else is talking and the way everybody else is behaving. And and you don't engage in that anymore. So that leaves you kind of isolated sometimes in that that burned-in state that is stage five of this burned-in process is there is some isolation there. And that's why it's really important that you intentionally bring people in your lives. This could be professionally. It could be personally. It could be both. It could be more. You could have three really strong influencers in your life that you can go to when things are hard. Being a burned in teacher does not mean that you are sunshine and rainbows and every kid is going to respect and be compliant to everything that you say. And you're never going to work on a weekend ever again. That's not what this is. Yeah. It's not perfection is what we're striving for. Right. But what it is, is it's being able to go to people when you need the help. I mean, heck, Sarah, I was crying in the bathroom last week here at school. It happens to the best of us. Yeah. And it wasn't because I hate it. And I wasn't telling my, myself the story that 
oh my gosh, this is the worst profession ever. I'm quitting. This is, I, I'm, I'm one and done. I'm back and I'm done. It was that, man, this morning sucked. Mm-hmm. Like, geez, I feel like these weren't even my kids. Like, who were these kids that were in my room? I did not know them. <laughs> it was a really rough day. And I'm allowed to feel those emotions. Am I allowed to walk down the hallway and treat people like crap? Absolutely not. But I am allowed to feel those feelings. And then I am so lucky to work with a a wonderful human being. Her name is Tracy. She's my teaching partner. I am allowed then, because she saw me, she goes, Amber, are you okay? And I kind of put one finger up like, I need a minute. She goes, take some time, honey, we'll talk. And then I could sit down with her and say, this happened. What what can I do? Like, what, what do I do? And she just, she's been teaching kindergarten for 20 years. This is my first year in kindergarten. So she was able to help me to number one, calm down, realize I'm not a failure as a teacher, which I already knew that, but that this was just a bad day and that there are some ways that I could back up and set ourselves up for a better afternoon and a better day the next day. And again, it wasn't a perfect week, but, but we're doing better. And, and that comes from me and, and she knows what I do. Like she knows all about me. And she knows I'm not venting whenever I'm uh, I'm talking about what was hard, right. but she knows that I do expect her to step up and say, this is what I would do, or this is what I've done in the past. Have you tried this? And she knows I'll try it. And I did. And that is, that is something that also may seem very simple, but might not be easy because again, you can't choose who you teach with typically, right? but it will take you stepping outside of your comfort zone. And maybe a teacher that you used to roll your eyes at because she always leaves at contract time and you used to be like, how the heck does she do that? I can't believe her. Maybe if you're somebody who's working 60 plus hours a week, maybe you need to approach her and ask her her secrets. I love, first of all, that you just said, like, I'm, I'm going to have a bad day and I'm entitled to feel those emotions. I, I don't know what it is about it, but I feel like there's this expectation in the teacher world. Maybe it's because of social media. Maybe it's because we are a female dominated profession. But almost this idea that we should be happy all the time, that you know everything should be smoothly, like just there's no room for for bad days or to have like unhappy feelings. So I, I love that you're just like validating the teachers out there that it's like, yeah, you can be a burned in teacher, as you say, you know, overcome burnout, but you're still going to have a bad day, and it's how you respond to that. And man, I'm so I, I love hearing when teachers have like teacher besties that they you know work right next to you. I was fortunate enough. One of my best friends in real life was also my teacher bestie next door. And you know, many days where I'd walk into her room crying or after work, and it's like she understood and she wouldn't let me stay there. You know, it's sort of getting me past that. But what do we do for the teachers, or what do you what advice do you have for the teachers if they say, okay, I don't. There's nobody in my building that I see, or the people on my team, they are all negative and nobody's trying to overcome this, this situation that we're in. Everybody just wants to stay stuck, but I want something different. So how do we help those teachers? Yeah. So that's why I created the Burned in Teacher Mastermind. <laughs> One thing that I was really challenged with when I was suffering in isolation with burnout is there was nobody else that wanted to have a different conversation with me. And anytime I tried, I was met with, what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean you're the average of the five people that you're hanging around with the most? What do you, what is negative self-talk? What are these things? Like all of the stuff that I was learning about, like I told you, whenever I decided that I was going to learn, I was going to learn my way out of burnout. I was going to use it as an opportunity to grow, which is what I do. I, I use burnout as an opportunity to grow uh, because that's all it is. It's layers and layers of challenges that you've not faced and they've piled up and now they are just it's burned you out, which is just, you're, you're just done. There's just no point you feel at, at changing anything. But 
What I did with the burned in process, I still have the voice recording on my phone because when I created burned in teacher, it was because it was the opposite, 180 degrees different than burned out. It's burned in. Okay. So I created then on my way to school, as I was driving one day in 2016, I was like, what if it was an eight step process that like I could help teachers kind of plan their way and move their way through. And it's not linear, it's cyclical. So what if I help them anytime that they're faced with something that's really challenging them, that they can go through this process so that they don't just let it fester and, and burn them out. And that's what the burn-in process became. So it was a course before it was a book. And then I, I put the burn-in process into an ebook that was then picked up by a publisher. So that's what became Hacking Teacher Burnout. But the mastermind is the course and the community where teachers go through this course, but they also have access to all of these people from all around the world who can speak that burned in language. You can come into our community anytime and talk about how hard something is or how this administration did something that was so undermining or so unfair, so frustrating. And we're going to, we're going to let you spill it all out there. But then we're going to say, how can we help you? Do you just want to be heard? Do you just need some empathy or do you want some strategy? And a lot of times I don't even have to say anything. A lot of the tribers in our community will, will jump in and say, when this happened to me, these are the steps that I took. This is what I did. Or if people are finding themselves overwhelmed, they will come in there and say, you guys, I'm just working all hours. I don't even know where, where I can shut it off. People will start to talk about prioritizing. Well, what can you eliminate? What can you delegate? Is there anything you can simplify? So it really is a place where you can go to be seen and heard and to be given or reminded of strategies that I teach in the Burned in Teacher University course of how it is that we can move through these things because they're going to happen. And unfortunately, you know, you can you can join different teacher groups. There's like God knows a million different Facebook groups, but not everybody there knows exactly what to do to help you with your specific personal situation. All they could do is maybe throw out some vague ideas. Or you might just be met with more negativity. You never know. Even, you know, I've, I read your book and like I said, I loved it because I was just like, oh, this is approaching burnout from like a completely different place. It's like, you know, there's a lot of like self sort of like discovery and learning that goes into it. But I like how you just said it's cyclical. Like there's really, it's not like you get to an end point and say, okay, now I've arrived and I'm never going to experience burnout again, but it's okay. Now I have the tools that no matter what challenging situation presents itself in my teaching experience, I know how to overcome it. And I just, I love that. I love how you're supporting teachers like through something that I think, you know, I feel like if teachers haven't experienced burnout before this year, they probably have. And so I just love that you're giving support to teachers for something that I think is so challenging for teachers to overcome and can feel so isolating. Well, and it's interesting too, because I've had a lot of people ask me, they're like, is this whole burned in process thing? Is it just for teachers? And I'm like, no, it actually could work for anybody. I have a good friend who's a nurse and she read Hacking Teacher Burnout. She goes, oh my gosh, this would be so helpful to so many nurses that I know. So I don't know, maybe it'll become burned in professional someday. Who knows? I love it. But the bottom line is, is that you have to find people to talk to that are really going to help you. And, and the fact is, is that some people just may not know how to help you, you know? And, and of course, you know, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a counselor. I'm, I'm a coach. And so, you know, another thing, you know, that might be kind of taboo to talk about is, is seeking therapy or seeking, you know, counseling, because there might be some deeper rooted issues that are going on that I couldn't help you, you know, with the burn in process, but it's a place to start coming together with other people who really do want to do something different for the sake of getting different results in their life. I love that. And so hopefully, so if teachers do not have a 
somebody in their building that they can go to. We will definitely link to all of that in our show notes so teachers can come check out hopefully your burned in community. I know we're coming to the end of our episode. Any other tips or one final thing that you could leave with teachers as far as, you know, if they're feeling alone, if they're feeling isolated, if they're feeling like a failure, mm-hmm. what little bits of encouragement could you leave them with? You know, Dan Seagull says, if you can name it, you can tame it. And I think sometimes it's very hard for us to get past these feelings of just saying, I'm overwhelmed, I'm anxious, I'm stressed, I'm exhausted. Though that is stating how you're feeling in that moment, what we can do is we can name the type of burnout that we have that will help us to move forward. Because again, many different teachers are burned out for different reasons. So I did create a free quiz. It's called the Teacher Burnout Quiz. So it helps you to name your type of burnout and helps you to think about what your proactive steps could be moving forward for that specific type. And that is at burnandteacher.com slash burnout quiz. That's awesome. And we will definitely link to that in our show notes as well. Amber, I am so grateful that you're willing to come on and just talk a little bit about your experience with burnout and just the ways that you are supporting teachers through your book, through your burned in community, through your membership. So thank you so much for joining my audience today. We really appreciate having you here. Thank you so much for inviting me. And thank you too, for the work that you do to support literacy in the classroom. I was telling you before we uh, hit record, I just, I love teaching reading. It is my very favorite. So I was loving looking through all of your amazing materials and support for teachers. You know, I feel like I love supporting teachers. And so this podcast and what I do is just one way that I can contribute to the education space. So thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Stellar Teacher Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are finding value in this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would follow along and leave a five-star positive review. This helps me spread the word to more and more teachers just like you. And don't forget to join me over on Instagram at the Stellar Teacher Company. You can always find the links and resources from this episode in the show notes at stellarteacher.com. I'll see you back here next week.